Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. This is unprecedented times. And um, I do believe it's harvest time. I do believe God is speaking loud. And He's actually saying it's harvest time for the nations. And we want to hear in this time, what is actually God saying? Don't you think God's trying to get our attention? I really believe God's trying to get our attention. He's, trying to, he's speaking. We need to listen. It's not, the problem isn't with God. God is speaking loud and clear. And um, I want to I just share my heart. I believe it's coming from the heart of God. I've been listening. I've been praying. I've been asking God. Um, I do believe the Word of God as you do. And the Bible says that God does nothing in the earth. This is in the Bible. Except that He reveals it to His prophets first. So God's not going to do something in the earth unless he speaks to his prophets, and then he does it. So this has not taken God by surprise. God knows exactly what was going to happen. He had it all planned in the sense he spoke to the prophets, showed some of the prophets what was going to happen. And uh, so I've been listening to say, God, what are you saying through the prophets? Because you always show them. And there was someone uh, in September that actually prophesied, a prophet that knows the Lord God, who prophesied that there will be a plague happening in early January of 2020. And he said when that, and this is before anything was known about the coronavirus, and he said that it would hit in early January and that it would um, lift in Passover, which is Easter. So halfway through April. That's pretty phenomenal to actually say that. And then I've heard other, another, another person that was actually on um, Sidroth, actually, and he was being interviewed, another, a prophet, different person, didn't know the other guy, and he said that before the coronavirus even came to light worldwide, early, early January, and he was saying that uh, the first four months of 2020 was God's going to shake the nations. I mean, think about that. God's going to shake the nations. And, and so, well, well, wow. So I want to read from the Word of God. It says here, again, we know we're living in unprecedented times, and and. God is shaking the nations, but I want, to, I want us to understand what does it mean when, when we say something like, God is shaking the nations. God is not behind the coronavirus. So let me assure you, the devil is behind that. Because we know clearly from the Word of God, the devil comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. God does not do that stuff, right? I mean, I was at a cafe down the road here, and the person sort of was communicating to his wife, and, and they were just sort of saying, is... Um, Oh my God! Uh, God upstairs must be really upset with us. We must be doing something, you know, really, really wrong for Him to be so upset. And I said, "Well, first of all, it's not the Lord. God is not upset with us in that sense that He's sending the this coronavirus." And I explained to him that the, Jesus said, "The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God comes to give life. The enemy wants to take out lives. He wants to he wants to kill people." But look what it says in Haggai, uh, the book of Haggai. It says, "For thus saith the Lord of hosts." Yet once more, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all nations. Just think about that for a second. God says, I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations shall come. Who is the desire of all nations? Jesus is the desire of all nations. And I will, and I will fill this house, the house of God, not necessarily a physical building, but the house of God is the church of Jesus Christ. The people that love God is the church or are the church. He will fill the house of God, the people of God again with glory, says the Lord of hosts. And he, God wants to declare the silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. 
The glory of this latter house, talking about his church, shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. And now, don't you believe that the Lord God needs to give peace? So God wants to give peace to people. Right now, people are full of fear and, and, and understandably because of this coronavirus. Now, just want to talk briefly on, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. So a lot of people are running scared. If you listen to the media and listen to the media only, you've got to be careful because it'll fill you with fear. It will give you lots of uh, negative reports. And because there's so much unknown there, we start thinking, well, what happens if we're, we're, it's going to last for six months? What happens if it lasts for a year? What happens if we get shut down in our homes? There are so many countries around the world, many, many countries that have literally shut down everything. And they're, in, they're, 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 they're confined to their homes. And so obviously the talk or the thoughts around Australia is what could have happened to us. Yes, of course it could happen to us. We need to be ready. But what's the church of Jesus Christ? How should we rise up in this hour? I believe with all my heart, God is still saying it's harvest time. We're not, it's harvest time. What does that look like for harvest time? If God, in a sense, shaking the nations, he's shaking the nation, he's shaking the church too. Um, I think, of, I think of countries like the United States, beautiful nation. And uh, I've been there only a few times, but I see, I've seen some of the big buildings. Just to give you a quick picture, we don't want to see it just through the lenses of Sydney or the lenses of Australia. We need to see, see this through the lenses of the nations. But in um, uh, the United States of America, there are such large churches, massive buildings. They look like shopping centers. They're, some of them are stadiums like 10,000 seaters and so on. And so a lot of them, obviously... Uh, the government has said that you can't have any larger gatherings than 10. So everyone's forced to go online and go in homes. Think about what God is doing there, not just the United States. I heard the Philippines are going through that. I heard the Middle East are going through that. We know that South Africa, churches that are in their thousands have gone online. What is God doing? What is God saying? There's churches all over the UK, same thing. I mean, it's happening worldwide. It's not just happening here in Australia and the very large churches in Australia also online. What's God doing and saying? I, I believe God has always wanted and he's shaking the people because it's not the building, the church of the people. He's shaking us and he says, I want you out there. I want you where the people are. The harvest is ripe. Remember we learned this earlier this year. The harvest, Jesus says the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. There's nothing wrong with the harvest. The harvest is ready. We don't, the, the people are ready. But God needs laborers. He needs you and I. He needs you and I to be a laborer. The problem in a physical building, I mean, God, God, God is in both. In the book of Acts, very, very clearly, it says that the apostles, they went daily in the temple, that's the big meeting, and from house to house, they preached the, 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 the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll say that again. Daily in the temple and from house to house. So God wants to do both. He doesn't just want to do the big temple meeting where everyone gathers. He also wants to be in the community from house to house where people actually live. Everyone lives out in the community. So what's God doing in a sense? He's shaking us up because it can get so comfortable in the building. We are contained in a building. We do our worship, our preaching, our praying, our ministry in a building. God's saying, I want you out there where the people are. So in a sense, think about it. Church was shut down almost overnight in a matter of a few weeks. We're now we're forced to be in a, in a home. Now, what, that's the good news. I believe it's a window of opportunity. A window. The window won't stay open for a long period of time, but we need to, I believe, take that opportunity. 
The opportunity can open up. We can just look at it and go, wow, it's an opportunity. Like we, in, in the building, we can, we can, what we say, we try to encourage people not to fall into consumerism. Consumerism is, I come here for you to share the word, uh, you know, entertain me, worship's got to be right, the air conditioning is best right, cushion seats, everything's beautiful just for me, encourage me, uplift me, and, and we've got to be careful we don't fall into consumerism, that the church exists for us. God is, call, God is calling every single person in the church as an employee of the king. Not a consumer, but an employee. How do you see yourself? A consumer or actually employed by the king. Jesus is the king of his kingdom. So he wants laborers. To me, God's shaking us and saying, I need laborers out there. Amen. Think about what it's like that all over Sydney right now, homes have opened up and we're starting, uh, well, this is live streaming into homes and this is happening all around the world. So imagine, not just here, in the States, in South Africa, in the Middle East, in all different countries where now you open up your home and you can invite your friends, you can invite your neighbors. We've got heaps of stories and testimonies where you're just inviting your friends and neighbors into the home and they can hear the word of God. They can get prayed for. The problem is this. We can be consumer, consumerism in a building. You can be consumer in a home. It doesn't change anything except that God's shaking us. We've got to be, uh, come alive. We've got to say, okay, let the sleeping giant called the church of Jesus Christ, who has great authority, great power, wake up. And exercise their authority. Be the voice to the nations. Be the voice to our community, to our neighbors. In other words, if we don't share the gospel, nothing's going to happen. All we'll do is meet in a room, meet in a home, and we can fall into consumerism here. If we don't share the good news of the kingdom of God. The world right now is facing this with, with so much fear and trepidation. They're fearful, they're scared. In a sense, please hear what's happening. If God's shaking the nations, overnight, things have been shut down. People have been, in some nations, totally confined to their homes, as we know. What has been, in a sense, overnight we've lost sports. Some countries, America, there is no sport going on. We've got sport going on, but there's no spectators. So people can't go watch the sport. You can't travel anymore. All of a sudden, travel's been taken away. Sport's been gone. Um, uh, entertainment has been affected. Movies have been postponed for their release. If you go to a movie, if you, even the cinemas are, are getting limited to you know, certain numbers. What happens if the government, we don't know what's going to happen. What happens if the government says it's got to go down the gatherings to 10? Or what happens if the government asks us to stay in our homes for the safety? Now this coronavirus, it, I think, is um, the, the, the reality of it. We don't, wherever it. we don't know where it came from, but we know it didn't come from God. There's all conspiracies out there. I really, I'm not too concerned about the conspiracies because if, if man made it or if it was an accident, it was still from the enemy. It doesn't matter where it came from necessarily. You've got to know it's the enemy that comes to steal and kill and destroy. So, but this, this threat is real. And I believe the leaders of the world are responding wisely and with godliness because they're putting their leadership on the line. If they do nothing, they're going to get blamed for it. When they do something and get us to act and, and to make things safe, guess what? If the economy crashes, leadership gets blamed for it. So they're, they're, they're putting their, their leadership on the line by saying, you know, we're going to take care of people before the economy. We're going to take care of people bef before uh, our own leadership. So I believe God is leading the leadership of the government in a good way because we're caring for people. Potentially, if we do nothing about it um, uh, and we don't pray, I believe our prayer will bring this back. Our prayer will stop the virus. Our prayer can stop the virus in its tracks. That's how powerful the church is. When the sleeping giant wakes up and prays, 
We saw it in Sydney, Australia, when there was fires all over Australia. The church across Australia started praying and believing. Even the churches in other nations were praying for this nation and praying for the fires. And guess what God did? He responded to our prayers, sent rain when there was no rain expected. And the rain, in a sense, quenched the fires, filled up our dams. And, and God responded to our prayers. So I believe in the same way. This virus is nothing to God. We could respond in fear. This is not the time for the church to respond in fear. We could respond in fear, and I believe that um, we'll miss what God wants to do. For us to operate the way God wants us to do or the way, what God wants to happen, we've got to operate in faith. All right? We have to operate in faith. Jesus said in the last days, Matthew 26, verse 6, And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. Don't be troubled. Don't be alarmed. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation. Jesus said this 2,000 years ago. Kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines. And there shall be pestilences. And earthquakes. Pestilences, diseases. Plagues. Just like we're seeing. And kingdom will rise against kingdom. And there'll be earthquakes, sorry, and in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. In Luke 21, verse 26, Jesus is He's saying this in another, through Luke, Luke's translation, and his, his version, he says, men's hearts failing them for fear. Jesus says this, men's heart, man, mankind's heart failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven have been shaken. Think about the powers of heaven. God has shaken the heavens and the earth. He's shaking the nations. Has he shaken it? As we said earlier, overnight... Unconsciously, things that we love, things that we give our affection to, like sport, like entertainment, um, like business, like our livelihood, like our jobs. Nothing's wrong with these, but these things, some of these things have been taken away from us overnight. Nations that have been confined to a home, all of a sudden, can't travel, can't have sport, can't have entertainment. Musicians, I've got friends, family that are musicians, all of a sudden, all their gigs are cancelled. So what they love or trust in or look to has gone. So what is God saying in all this? Is God bringing that to happen? No, of course not. When, when, when we say it's a, it's, some people say uh, shaking of the nations, it's a form of judgment. Now again, what, what do you mean by judgment? I, I think it's like this, if I can explain it this way. Even, the, even the, the book of Revelations, the wrath of God, when we talk about the anger of God, is the judgments and the seven bowls and the, all that sort of stuff. And there were plagues in that. Um, in the book of Revelations, talks about this in the end times. How does that happen? God doesn't want it to happen. It's like a man has a free will. And a man, let's say someone's talking to this man about Jesus. And they say, no, I don't want God. I don't want God in my life. And they say no to Christ. Then they go out. They, they, they get drunk. They get smashed on some drugs. And they do something wrong. Get behind a wheel when they shouldn't have, when they're over the limit. And they kill someone. They get busted for a go to jail. You could say that's a form of judgment because of what they did. They, there's the consequences of disobeying consequences of living in sin of living selfishly did God want that judgment to happen of course not God wanted them to accept Christ and not live that way and not make a decision to destroy people and now they're in jail and now they go uh, is this a form is this a judgment of God it's a allowing the consequences to happen from our free will I believe this is in a sense God saying wake up I am your God wants to be our Lord. God wants to be our lover. God wants to be the one that you're intimately involved with. If we've given our affection to everything else, the idols of the world that we've affectionately given our hearts to, 
in a sense, become our God, they have fallen overnight. Now, it's a window of opportunity. I don't believe it'll stay down. But it's a window of opportunity because people are running scared and we've got the answer through Jesus Christ. We have the good news. This is the time to shine. You know, Isaiah 61, it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. But gross darkness is on the earth. So as the world gets darker, the light on us shines brighter. When people are full of fear and you say, it's going to be okay. God's got this. They, they, they need to hear this. And when you tell them the gospel of the kingdom, that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and we can have a relationship with God. What is God saying in this hour? Come back to me. I believe that. I believe he's saying, return back to me. He's shaking the nation says, return back to me. But will we listen? Will we listen? We need people that love God, that are engaged, that are saying, yes, I'll be a laborer. Yes, I will work. This is the time to be courageous. This is the time to say, you know what? I'll take up my sword. I'll take up my shield. I'll be the warrior you want me to be in these last days. I believe with all my heart in the days of Egypt, when the plagues were hitting Egypt and, and Moses was listening to God and, and giving a warning and saying, do this so that it won't happen. Uh, when the plagues were hitting, I believe the people of Egypt would have thought, oh man, that's a bad plague. The locusts ate all our harvest. And they would have just said, oh well, that's a real bad thing. You know, I don't know, must, someone up there must be angry with us. And, and then and the other plague, the other plague, the other plague. I reckon they would have been asleep, not realizing. Is the other nations of the world, are we asleep? Because things are happening, things are shaking. Uh, there's one of the big, large alcohol companies in Australia. Something like they make 20-something thousand a day in one shop. They were, they were bracing for the sales to go down because everything's shut. Businesses are shut. Pubs are you know, closing down. Restaurants are closing down. Everything's shutting down. They were bracing for the figures to go down. That day, they rose to 50-something thousand dollars. You know why? Because people are thinking, if we're going to get confined to our houses, I'll buy an alcohol. So you can go to your houses and go to more, to more of those things, to rely on the material world, to rely on the things that give us satisfaction, or we can go to God. We need to go to God. We need to say, God, this is a wake-up call. Things are changing. It's a moment where God's trying to get our attention. The world's going 100 miles an hour. We're so busy, 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 busy. God's saying, imagine shutting us in a home, and we have just, okay, well, what do we do now? Imagine if the internet crashed. Maybe that needs to happen too. Please don't, but you know what I'm saying. Because we can still communicate to each other in a home. We can still talk. We can call each other. We can SMS each other. We can video face each other. Imagine if we lost all contact to human beings. We don't realize what we have until you miss it. Even the church, think about the church overnight. In a sense, the buildings closed down. The church didn't, but the buildings did. The church doesn't stop. So God, God's saying, I can work through you more powerfully than you meeting on Sunday if you're asleep. In consumer mentality. I believe this with all my heart. I believe God's doing something. I don't understand it all. I don't understand the shaking fully. But I do believe it's a window of opportunity that people are asking and looking for answers. And we have it. We need to give them the answers. So in a, in a sense, is it God's judgment? I wouldn't say it is because I believe it's the devil that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to destroy humanity. If, we, if the governments of the world didn't do what they did in this godly leadership, in slowing it down, we could, could have lost millions of lives. But I don't believe that's going to happen like that because of the church praying. So we do need, as Acts chapter 5, verse 42, daily in the temple and from house to house, they did not t stop teaching and preaching Jesus Christ. It is, it is harvest time, but we're not going to be able to harvest 
people for God. Harvest in God's eyes is he wants people to come back to him. How are they going to come back to him if we share the word of God? You don't get a harvest if we don't plant seeds. We've got to plant the seeds of the Word of God. We've got to share the good news. We can go in homes, be in people's neighborhoods, in people's cities. Think about it. All around the world. Those big churches, buildings all around the world are now empty. But where are the people? Where the people are at? It's, better, it's, it's, it's much better when you think of it's close proximity. We're right there. Hey, hey, you want to come to church tomorrow in my home? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll come. We're going to have a meal. We're going to listen to the Word. That's why... Now, unless they shut us down in homes in Australia, unless they do that for a few weeks or a few months, my sense as a leader, we need to be ready if they did shut us down or if this did stay for six months, how would you act as the church? Does God want you to, if we're allowed to gather in homes, we're allowed to gather, at the moment we are, I I believe God wants us to get up and go, okay, I'm going to go to someone's home. You know why? Because we still have to be the church. Jesus, the Word of God, Hebrews says, do not forsake the assemblies of yourselves together. So let's continue to gather in someone's home. Let's continue to hear the Word. Let's continue to evangelize. Let's continue to pray for the sick. Let's pray for people. But if we get our hearts full of fear, then God's intention won't happen. If you listen to the media only, you will have your hearts full of fear. I've, I've gone to food courts and people doing this, moving the chairs with their feet and sitting down. They don't want to touch anything. People are full of fear. They don't want to touch anything. Masks everywhere and they don't want to touch anyone. And I know, I know the, the simplicity or the, uh, the motive is we don't want to spread the, the disease. So I understand that. Or they want to pick it up or spread it if they unknowingly have it. Fully understand that. And we've got to keep precautions. But fear gripping your heart as a believer is not going to be helpful for God's kingdom. In the Bible, I've done a, just a quick look at fear. God spoke to them and said, fear not, for I am with you. God is with us. God says, fear not, for I am with you. I, will, I am your God. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. There's so many scriptures about fear not. When they went to the army, I mean, the times when the army was about to fight a war. We're talking about physical weapons. God says to them, fear not, for I am with you and I'll fight this battle. Imagine telling a soldier or an army, don't fear, and you're going into battle. God still did it. Uh, the Gideon guys, you know, the Gideon with 30,000 men. God says, anyone that's got fear in your heart, 22,000 people were disqualified because they had fear in their hearts. He says, go home. God knew, I can't work through you if you've got fear. They just go home. Elijah, when he sees the army that surrounded him over the hills, and his servant says, Elijah, look at the army. We're, we're going to cop it. We're, gonna, we're gone. And Elijah says, fear not, first thing he said. In other words, what you see, don't let that fear bring fear in your heart. What you hear, the reports you're hearing, don't let it bring fear in your heart. Because there's, greater is, there's more with us than there is with them. He could see the angels. He saw the angelic army all around the hill. He could see them. And the servant couldn't see him, them. And Elijah prayed that his eyes would open. Then, they, then he saw. So, so we need to trust God's word even though we don't see it. Don't understand it. God's in control. Think about it. You, you, the Bible says we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Either that's true or it's not. Either Psalms 91 is true or it's not. Everyone's quoting Psalms 91. Do you believe it? That I, I, he that abides under the shadow of the Almighty. And it talks about that no pestilences, that's diseases, can come near your dwelling. A thousand can fall on your left and ten thousand on your right side. But diseases can't, 
come to us? Do we believe that or are we afraid of the disease? Do we have the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit to pray for people and they get healed or are we running away from the, the, the disease? Now, I'm, I'm, you know, how, how do you walk in these times? When, when like we are talking about this last Sunday, people come into our building and um, now we're online, but even if you come into someone's home or come into contact, if someone is at a place where they don't want to touch you or they don't want to have any physical you know, touch in any way because of uh, dis- uh, social distancing, honor their faith, honor their free will. Do not force yourself on them. Simply ask. You know? and, and so we, we want to honor where people are at. And that's true of anything we do in, in the kingdom. We have to be honorable to people's faith and don't pass judgment on them if they're not walking in the level of faith that you might be walking in. The Bible's very clear about that. Don't judge other people's level of faith. If one person thinks they should eat all things, let them eat all things. One person, I oh, don't eat this because it's unto God, then let them have their own revelation before God. So we've got to honor each other's level of faith and their free will, of course. Um, many prophets, I've heard about three different prophets, and I'm sure there's other prophets that have spoken. But I said the one that spoke early January that said it would lift in Passover. The other one that said it in September, that a plague was going to hit the nations, and it did in January. And he said that it was going to lift in Passover. So I'm going on the record, because I believe the prophets, that around Passover, which is Easter, this thing will break. But I still believe the church has to pray for it to happen. I believe the church needs to pray in faith and decree this thing and speak out. This is the time for us to pray. This is the time for us to repent. And so we come back to you, Lord. We make you number one in our life. Be our Lord. Be our God. Amen? Because as it, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I do believe it will lift at Passover. And whether we, you know, our nation will still ride it for a few weeks or a month or two, I don't know. But I do believe it's going to break in at Passover. Let's pray with our, with our faith in the name of Jesus that this thing's going to break at Passover. You have the authority to pray. You have the authority to change this. But this is our greatest hour. It's the window of opportunity for the church to rise up all around the world. Don't just see your community. Don't just see your neighborhood. This is a window. God's shaking. Are we really hearing what God's saying? What is God saying in this hour? Think about it. I'm going to close with this. What is God saying in this hour? I believe he's saying, come back to me. Even to the point that some places around the world we've actually been told stay in your homes man if you haven't got time that you don't have to go to work You've got no entertainment because there's nothing around you can't travel you can't watch movies you can't watch a, a sporting game you just stay home that's the time to spend time with god god is saying recalibrate reconnect your heart to god because it's, it's only a window in two months time we could be back to normal in that sense but did we listen god's given us an opportunity Again, I'm saying this with my heart. Please understand, people are full of fear and they need to hear faith. This is a time where we can demonstrate love. Let your good works shine before men that they may glorify your Father in heaven. Maybe um, instead of racing and hoarding stuff, buy groceries for somebody else. Buy some toilet paper for somebody else. Buy a package of toilet paper and not find out where the old people are in your home and give it to them. Buy groceries, leave it at their door, knock on the door, give it to them. Let's, let's act the opposite of what the world's acting. It's, op- it's opportunity to shine, but we have to shine with generosity. We have to shine with love. We have to shine with faith. We have to shine with the, the good news of the kingdom.
The world needs to hear God shaking the church, saying, get out where the community is. It's harvest time. Be a laborer. Can we pray? I know you're in your homes, and um, you might hear... You might have heard this message for the first time. Maybe you've been invited to listen, or maybe you just tuned in online and you've never been to our church before. I want to encourage you and let you know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin and my sin. He paid the penalty on the cross 2,000 years ago so God could forgive you for free. God basically says, put your faith in me and I will forgive you. I took your judgment on the cross. God sent his son perfect, without sin, lived a holy life, a perfect life. Then he died on the cross as if he was the sinner. And you can accept Jesus Christ into your life. God will accept you, forgive you of everything you've ever done wrong. Everything you've ever done wrong, everything I've ever done wrong has been deleted. God forgave me of everything. God says to you, I will forgive you of everything you've ever done wrong. If you put your faith in my son, Jesus, because he died on the cross for your sins. And that's good news. God is saying, I want to have a relationship with you. Will you take my hand? Will you marry me? Will you make me Lord of your life? That's what God is saying. Jesus is saying, "Be, come to me. All you that labor and are heavily laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me. No church has died for you. Jesus Christ died for you. He paid the penalty for your sins. He will forgive you. Can I pray this prayer? Father God, I come to you. To repeat after me, if you want to accept Jesus Christ, I come to you. As a sinner, I give you my heart. I turn away from my selfishness and my sin. I give you my life. I ask you to come into my heart by your spirit and be my Lord and be my Savior. I completely trust that your death on the cross has forgiven me of everything I've ever done wrong. And right now, I have the gift of right standing with God. I have peace with God and I'm forgiven because of my faith in what Jesus did. And if you prayed this prayer from your heart, Jesus Christ comes into your heart and God the Father accepts you as family, as a son and daughter of God. You're forgiven. You're washed and cleansed. Isn't that good news? That's something to celebrate. I want to pray now for us, just quickly. I want to pray if you're in your uh, lounge rooms. I'm trying to kneel because I want to pray and take authority over this coronavirus because we have the authority Jesus Christ gave the church the authority. So would you pray with me? Would you agree with me? Father, we pray for every single person right now, even in Australia that maybe has contacted it. And Lord, we speak to the coronavirus to die in its tracks in the bodies. We speak for healing. Father, we pray in Jesus' name right now for whatever it is, Lord, worldwide. We, even, we speak to this coronavirus, Father. We command it to die in its tracks in Jesus' name. We pray for a vaccine to be found. Lord, all around the world, people are working over 24-hour time clocks, Lord, looking for this vaccine. We pray, Father, give them the, the discovery of the vaccine in Jesus' name. Let it be released to the people, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you stretch your hand. We cry out to you, God, and say, God, we come back to you. We humble ourselves. And we hear from heaven what you're actually saying to come to you. Even as the church, we turn away from our sin. We repent. We change our hearts. Lord Jesus, be our Lord. Be our God. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, wherever you are, uh, we're going to close this online service. But wherever you are, you, if you need prayer, you can ask the host or people in that home. Um, I need prayer. I want to accept Jesus or I just accepted Jesus. Or if you need prayer for healing, people will pray for you in your homes or where you are. 
or you can contact us also online and we'll um, communicate with you and, and help you to get disciple to know Jesus better. Amen. God bless you. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.